0: Chronicles.com, but you can call me Gav. What an honor it is to be right here in Pembrokeshire on Pure West Radio. Huge thank you to everyone that has stayed up as we approach the midnight hour and a welcome to the global following of the ParanormalChronicles.com wherever you are in the world. Tonight on this very show, we will feature a very common Pembrokeshire ghost in our news roundup. I shall be discussing a Pembrokeshire giant and with my special guest, Triple D, the devilish Dave Dominguez from El Paso, Texas, we will be going through the creepiest and scariest paranormal stories of 2018 in our Paranormal Year in Review. You do not want to miss that. Dave has the most velveteen voice ever, so due caution is advised if you are driving. Message us on Facebook at the Paranormal Chronicles, tweet at ParanormalCron or email ParanormalChronicles at AOL.com. I want to know what you are up to. Are you driving down some scary road? Are you out on a ghost hunt? Or is something strange and unexplained happening in your home tonight tell us your supernatural stories so lock the doors tin off the lights hold each other tight as together we explore the unknown pure west radio is heading towards the witching hour but first this This is your ParanormalChronicles.com News Roundup. Pembrokeshire ghost Spotted. On Monday the 21st of January, a driver and two passengers travelling the Hazel Beach Road towards Clan Stadwell at approximately 11pm claimed they saw the Waterston Lady at the side of the road. They described seeing an old lady who seemed to be bathed in a blue light and dressed in old-fashioned clothes. By the time they had stopped and reversed, they claimed the apparition had vanished. The Waterston Lady is often seen in the area and is one of Pembrokeshire's most common sightings. The lady is said to be seen in the shimmering blue light dressed in old-fashioned clothes but a younger version has been seen in rags holding what appears to be an infant who is she have you seen her contact the paranormal chronicles on Facebook and let us know if you are traveling those roads please be careful and please have your dash cams and phones at the ready who knows what you may encounter 160 UFO sightings reported in Washington State last year. Some 160 UFO sightings were reported in Washington State, about one every 55 hours on average, according to the National UFO Reporting Center. The center receives UFO reports from all around the world, but says it makes no claims as to the validity or the information in any of these reports. Obvious hoaxes have been admitted, they say. However, most reports have been posted exactly as received in the author's own We hope that this information will prove to be useful to the general public and the UFO community at large. The Center reports that Washington State has the third highest number of total sightings in its database, behind California, which is number one, and Florida, which is number two. American Bigfoot sighting. In the foothills of East Providence, United States, in January, a local resident and a group of friends spotted a large and unfamiliar looking figure lurking atop a rock on a hillside. Noting its apparent towering structure, the man's remarks, seriously, look how big it is before hastily concluding, I think it's a Sasquatch. The camera then zooms closer to the alleged creature showing the dark, large figure moving slowly on the mountain. One of the witnesses, Austin Craig, was so convinced by the sighting, he took the day off work to find more evidence of the legendary monster's presence in the area. What do you think? Do such creatures exist? Have you spotted a Pembrokeshire Bigfoot? Finally, news just in, local paranormal team, paranormal post-mortem led by Lee and Teela Grant are breaking news for the cited a black monk apparition at pembroke castle head over to the paranormal postmortem facebook page for more information more on this when we receive further info if you have a news item then please contact us at the paranormal chronicles at aol.com or check in regularly at the paranormal chronicles.com for breaking paranormal news that has been your pure west radio paranormal chronicles news rounder This is a very very strange story i'm going to tell you right now okay i haven't written it down because i want it fresh in my mind as i remember it happening okay and it is truly one of the most berserk stories you are ever ever going to hear it's set in pembrokeshire and it happened around three years ago so i received a call from someone who was very very concerned that they had allegedly spotted what they believed to be a giant, I know. A giant. I was, oh my god, not another hoaxy, weird call. I get them all the time. Okay, you could imagine in my line of business, I get a lot of calls off people. And I thought, okay, I'm interested because normally it's ghosts, aliens, UFOs, strange creatures, but never before had I heard of a giant apart from the one from Langham. There is a green man effigy in the church. So I asked a few questions. And this person was a person of authority. This was someone in a position of power. This location where they worked, they were very upset that they didn't really want to go back to work because of what they had witnessed. So I met them. I can't tell you where because it's a site I can't really condone people going to visit because you'll get in trouble. You, Some of you, the smart ones, you'll be able to read between the lines and you'll work out where it is okay. So I went down and I met a very nice gentleman and he was upset because he had to guard a specific site, and he said over by a clump of trees, there was a figure of a man. Now, the man was naked, apart from he had some kind of loincloth, he had dark brown, almost like a yellowy skin, like a tan leather, and he was sat by a clump of trees, and he pointed the trees out to me. Now, when I measured the trees, the trees were 11 feet, okay, and this thing was sat next to him and was as tall as these trees. This creature was said to have his knees up to its chest, and it had his arms on its knees just looking out towards the sea and the creature stood up and walked off and the man was terrified he said it was naked apart from his loincloth it was very lanky it had it had unusually long limbs long legs long arms i investigated as much as i could there was very little I could do. I couldn't find any any footprints. I couldn't find any damage to the trees. There was nothing I could find. Now this area did have a lot of tunnels. So I thought possibly there was something in one of those. So I did an experiment with a friend Now what I did is I wore a gas mask and he didn't and we went down the tunnels just to see what kind of experiences we had. Now my friend had lots of experiences of strange presences and feeling that there was someone in there. Now I didn't because I was in the gas mask which led me to believe that whatever was happening in the area was maybe like a hallucinogenic a gas or a toxin or a mold or something like that i wasn't that clever because i actually fell down a sewer and broke my ankle and dislocated all my toes all my toes were facing the wrong way a few weeks later i get another call from a different source now these people were down this site illegally and they saw a giant and they allegedly saw the exact same thing the other people had seen apart from this one was strolling about it was tall it was about 11 or 12 feet tall it was as tall as the trees it was naked apart from a loincloth and it had leathery skin now sadly that was the end of the investigations because I was told I wasn't allowed down there anymore now I do know I know that some of the more adventurous of you have been down there I'm not sure if you can go down there anymore there's allegedly a giant now I never saw the giant but if anyone out there has any more information on what it could be what they think it is if you've had your own experience if you have had an encounter if you have a theory then please get in touch with me at paranormal at aol.com or find me on facebook at the paranormal chronicles we're on facebook we're on twitter at paranormal Chron. get in touch with me because it is one of the most intriguing stories that i've ever ever had to investigate now i'll have a lot more of these stories for you as the weeks go on okay but i want to hear yours as well so if you've had encounters with a Pembrokeshire Bigfoot and I don't mean just some big hairy guy have you seen a UFO get in touch with us let us know what's going on out there has something weird happened in your house tonight while you've been listening to the show did something strange happen so there we go there is my story about a Pembrokeshire giant now I'm sorry I can't give you more information about it but I just thought it was a really really cool story and one of the strangest things I've ever ever had to investigate and of course if I have more information you'll all be the first to know So before we get on with our paranormal year in review with the amazing Dave Dominguez from El Paso, Texas where Pembrokeshire and Texas come together for one night. Let's have a little bit of music and then we'll be straight over to the paranormal year in review.
1: To the Paranormal Chronicles Network. Please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Visit theparanormalchronicles.com for paranormal news, reports, pictures, audio, and video content. Find us on Facebook at the Paranormal Chronicles. Together, we explore the unknown.
0: Good evening, and I would like to welcome you to a very, very dear friend of mine. His name is the devilish Dave Dominguez. How are you, Dave?
2: Hello, Gavin. Very, very well. How have you been? It's great to be here. Thank you for having me on.
0: It's been a while since we've done something, isn't it? We've both been very busy.
2: Been very busy, you know, been very much in demand. I've been very much in demand lately, and and I haven't been able to to do much as far as uh, the paranormal world is concerned. But, you know, I'm back, and I've dealt with a few few things, like... uh, the laundry and the dishes, and that's where I'm on demand. My wife is demanding me. People in the don't kitchen realize,
0: right? they <laughs> don't realize that when you're in the paranormal, you still got to do the chores, you still got to put in yeah, the right. trash. And I understand you're writing a book.
2: Mm. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And as uh, maybe some people know, I'm I'm retired law enforcement. I spent 24 years with the Sheriff's Department here in El Paso. I'm from El Paso, Texas. And uh, I spent 10 years out on patrol and 14 years with the 911 center. And we saw a few interesting things, heard a few interesting things. And I have a few interesting stories, paranormal related and some not so paranormal related that I'm writing about. And and hopefully, uh, you know, I'm getting pretty close to finishing that up
0: i'm so excited for that book dave honestly that's going to be amazing because i don't want to say now because we've got to do the year in review but oh my god you have seen some crazy crazy things and like i'm just going to give people a little taste there i like the story about the gravestones that we're moving but i'm not going to say anything more because i want people to read your book when it comes out in 2020
2: it's going to be uh, quite a bit it'll be it'll be worth the wait it's it's very interesting It even uh even <laughs> when i read it back it gives me the creeps <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant, but you're quite safe in El Paso, aren't you? Because you got you, Dave, have got so many guns. Do you need all those guns?
2: It's uh, it's our right to have them, and um, we have them because well, our founding fathers were very, very smart when they wrote our constitution, and it's in. It's not because uh, we 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 have weapons because of hunting or any of that sort of thing. It hasn't to do with it. It's it's to protect us from in the event our government goes, goes sideways. I mean, look what happened in uh, Nazi Germany. They confiscated all the guns, and, you know, we all know what happened there. We all know what happened in, in China. We all know what happened in, uh, in Cambodia when gun confiscation came up. So, um, yeah, so our founding fathers, they knew what they were talking about. So that's why uh, many of us are armed to the teeth.
0: Fair enough. I don't think many of us in Pembrokeshire are armed to the teeth. If we had to, I think our best weapon would be harsh language.
2: I'll send you a slingshot.
0: Oh, yes. That'd be amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. David, let's get on with the Paranormal Chronicles year in review. And if you're listening, Claire Elliot, both of us miss you so much. And we will have you back on the show soon. Get better soon, Claire.
2: Yes, Get Well, soon.
0: Yeah, we miss you, pal. Right, Dave, Paranormal Year in review. You're going to start with something that kind of tickled you a little bit, didn't it?
2: Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And it involved um, a ghost witch. Now there was report of a ghost witch in uh, in Mexico and there was some video of it flying around and what it appeared to be like a blob with a with biting a broom literally if you if you i guess you can wrap your imagination around it and and it was videoed and and it was seen by by several people in this village it caught my interest is because i've heard about this stuff and living so close to the border you know we're right on the border we're right on the border with mexico and we hear all these stories about things that happen over there and and i write about some of them in my book this this witch was was seen floating around a village, and it came. They they called the local the local police there, and it scared the hell out of the local police, and it caused all kinds of of havoc with people, and people got scared and ran into their houses and and, and that sort of thing. But when you see the video, to me, it looks like it could be either one of two things. I don't think it's a witch. I think I think it's either a, a floating bag of trash, maybe caught in, a, in the wind, or some somebody is playing a, a really wild prank. Somebody dressed up a drone, maybe put a black nylon material over it, put a stick on it, flew it just just far enough so you really couldn't get it within good camera range, and just flew it around the town. There There's a YouTube video about it, it's a the Mexican Witch video they're doing this news broadcast these mexican news people are there and they're they're doing this really serious news broadcast and they're interviewing people who saw it they're really scared and they're interviewing the police officers there that night that it happened and there's video and there's video of of several other cops from the other towns showing up and the federal police showing up and and they're doing sobriety tests on the cops that that claim to see this witch and it's it's pretty comical that that story just really really got me
0: because it looks like a funny. witch. Because you're on the border. If you don't mind me asking, do the Mexicans have the same imagery of the witch that we have in the West in terms of you know the black cloak and the broomstick and the hat? Is that something that the Mexican people kind of have? In, in
2: a way, yes, they, they do. Um, but mostly they think that that witches turn into owls and they call them la lechusa, meaning the owl in Spanish. And that's uh, that's what they they believe, and I write about that in my book. There was a story my grandfather told us about that. My grandfather lived lived in Mexico, and he uh, and he owned a ranch. He was a he had a, he owned a huge ranch out there, and he he talks about his encounters with with these owl creatures, and uh, it's amazing. A lot of people believe him. A lot of um, uh, people with incredible. Credentials have actually come out and said they've seen these creatures, these these witches turn into these owls and fly away. Um, Doctors have seen them, policemen have seen them, pilots have seen them over there, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of stories about them very interesting
0: because in ufology the owl is related to alien beings and alien visitation I'm I'm, I'm writing my fourth book which is based mm-hmm. right here in Pembrokeshire I've been doing a lot of research into ufology and the owl is a is a common image that comes up in ufology so maybe there's a bit of a link you know culturally we see things differently but do you think possibly there could be a connection between witches aliens and owls or is it just owls and witches
2: well you know I think it's just um, you, you see things and your mind kind of plays tricks on you and it, and your mind tries to make reason out of out of things so that that could be it or it could be some sort of alien creature that we're we, we don't know what to make of it so we're saying well it's a witch it's supernatural it's just but it's probably some technology we don't know about. And um that that could be a factor as well. Um I don't know if there's really witches? I don't know. I've never seen uh
0: there are owl. witches, they're nice witches.
2: Well, there's
0: loads well, of them. yes. But, but do they follow the, I
2: don't The know. owl witch? I don't know. It, the do, owl do. witch, oh my god. I've seen hundreds of owls here where where I live, but I've never seen one turn into a witch.
0: We need <laughs> to write a book called The Owl Witch about a witch that turns into an owl. But it turns out it's an alien. Now, I'm just having a look at this article that uh, you uh, you showed me, okay? And people who witnessed the the, the object had this to say. So I'm not going to do any accents because I did that on one of my shows before and I received an, a death threat. So I'm just going to read it out normally. So okay. people have seen this thing Well, it appears to be a witch. And somebody said, oh, my God, that looks just like a dead witch. Another one added... Could be some kind of alien, and a third claimed unbelievable. Looks like a witch to me. So what concerns me is the first one. It looks like a dead witch. Now I don't like to poo-poo anything. I'm on the fence. I'm not here to say what's right, what's wrong. Same as you, Dave. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's either like a balloon, like a helium balloon, like a Halloween balloon that you could get for a party, or it's what you said, it's a drone, it's a hoax, because of the way it's moving, it's very fluid. It's very, you know, it's very fluid kind of motion, it's very direct, it doesn't seem to be flat by the wind, it doesn't seem to be changing course or direction, it just seems to be going in a straight line. So I'm going to go for either a balloon or a drone.
2: Exactly. I, I'm going to go with the drone theory. That's that's what I'm going to go with, because it was just too... Exactly, it, it, it was flying under under some some sort of control. It seemed to have some sort of control, it just wasn't just flopping around out there. So that's what I'm going to go
0: with as well. Excellent. That's really nice. That's a really interesting story because we get reports of ghosts and we get reports of aliens and humanoid figures, but we never get reports of, like, witches doing anything berserk because witches, as we all know, are very nice people as a whole. And they're very gentle and they're very good and very, like, sensitive to the planet and to each other. And this was, like, a weird witch story, which I really enjoyed. All the stories we are covering tonight can be found on the ParanormalChronicles.com, okay? And what we've done is we've taken some of the new stories from the last 12 months that really captured our imaginations, whether they're funny, scary, interesting and whatnot, okay? so I'm gonna go with something's really really passionate to me kind of annoyed me a little bit so I might end up ranting here and I'm really glad that Dave is here because we can kind of get like two kinds of perspectives on this right and what I want to deal with is the fact that this year we had two alien mysteries allegedly solved Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to cheat and discuss two disclosures on two alien-related mysteries. And as much as I sit on the neither are sitting very well with me. So alien disclosure was big this year, despite more world governments than ever before admitting that ETs exist, Japan being one of them. And it seems that the UK and the United States have no intention of giving us the truth. So the first part to this is, the headline read, The mystery of alien skeleton found in Chilean desert finally solved by scientists. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out the article I'm really terrible at reading out loud. I'd be a rubbish vicar, okay? So I'm going to give it a go. As anyone knows, I'm profoundly dyslexic, so bear with me, okay? So scientists have revealed the origins of a mysterious skeleton skeleton long thought to have been extraterrestrial. After five years of examination, a research team unraveling the genetic makeup of the bizarre specimen found in the Chilean desert in 2003 and nicknamed the Atta. Now, I'll just give you a bit of description of it. It was about six, seven inches tall. It had a pointy head. It had fangs. It had loads. of Like, it just looked so insanely unhuman. Okay, it had, like, claws. There is nothing I've ever, ever seen that looks like this. To the degree, I was kind of sitting on the fence, kind of going along the ways of this is a hoax, right? It's like a little model. Like the one of the mermaid. You know, that famous one of the mermaid. Turned out it was like a, a mixture of a cat and a dead baby and all kinds of awful things right so standing at 15 centimetres tall a skeleton had an elongated skull slanted eye sockets and only 10 pairs of ribs instead of the usual 12 despite its tiny stature the bone development of the skeleton matches that of a 6 year old child since its initial discovery Atta was sold on to the black market and eventually passed into the hands of a Spanish businessman Dr. Gary Nolan a microbiologist at Stanford University first heard of the specimen through a friend and resolved to get to the bottom of its mystery mysterious origins you can't look at the specimen and not think it's interesting he said so i told my friend look whatever it is if it's got dna i can do the analysis having examined the remains they concluded the skeleton undoubtedly belonged to a female human fetus with a mix of native american and european ancestry although the reason for her unusual appearance remained unknown and the article goes on then about genome research and dna and all these kinds of amazing things right but let me repeat part of the report, although the reason for her unusual appearance remained unknown, unknown. Unknown, as in no closer to solving the mystery at all. But if you tell enough people that it's solved, then they will forget about it or tell each other that it has been solved. And then people people forget. And clearly it's not. So I'm not in a position have to say it was an alien or not. But my God, that looks like the most inhuman thing ever. Watch YouTube version of the show or head over to theparanormalchronicles.com to have a look at this picture if you're not familiar with it, right? But I think it's very, very wrong to say it's been solved when it's not. What do you think, Dave? Do you ever see anyone walking around in El Paso looking like this?
2: Not lately. No, I haven't seen anybody <laughs> like that. But um, but I did I did read the story, and it was very intriguing. And and I think that it's it's kind of odd. Like they say that this um, this fetus it was uh, it's from the seventies, so it's not really that old. It's not hundreds of years old, thousands of years old, uh, as mm-hmm. we usually think about. Uh, Ancient aliens and that sort of thing. And then um, what I got was they were trying to spin the story about how it it had four genetic mutations uh, involved with bone disease and whatnot, and they don't know what they are. And, you know, they've done so much testing on on DNA and so many uh, breakthroughs on DNA that they don't know what these genetic mutations are. They wouldn't know, they've never seen them. You know this, and then they're claiming it's from the '70s, but yet they haven't seen anything recently like that. I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I, I think that this is probably something that uh, they stumbled upon, and and they're they're just spinning it. They they really don't know. They don't have an answer. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably much older. So that's 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 my take on it.
0: I would have preferred if they said it's a hoax and that it's been manufactured. You know, using various animal parts you know like a puppet okay mm-hmm. but the fact they're saying it's solved when they don't actually know that what annoys me you've got the good skeptics okay the skeptics out there who actually do their research and they work really hard trying to find a rational explanation and then you've got the awful skeptics that just go on websites and go ghosts don't exist what a load of rubbish and all that and they put no actual energy or time into actually present in a solid ar- argument so with this declaration from these scientists They're basically saying that it's nothing, but then at the same time saying they don't know why it's like this. So, okay, to me, possibly it could be a hybrid being where it does have our genetics. But if you look at it, there is nothing I've ever, ever seen. I'm not a doctor. You know, I I don't hang around medical universities examining all skulls and bones and creatures and whatnot. But I've never seen anything as inhuman as this ever in my life. It's more animal it's more alien than it is human. So that's the first part of that, and that really annoyed me, you know. It really annoyed me, as you can you can hear, right? Now, just before, it just made it into the paranormal year in, in, in review was, this came out a few days before the new year, okay? And this is to do with the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident, which, to be honest, I put on the back burner. There was no new information coming out. The coverage just seemed to be covering the same old ground. But it's a fascinating story it involves an American base being buzzed by UFOs and possibly soldiers, guards, and camp having a close encounter with a strange probe at alien spacecraft, which left the guards baffled. But guess what? There's been some news out, and it's been disclosed that it was all a hoax. So for the backstory, for anyone out there who's not familiar with the Rendlesham UFO incident... 38 years ago, on three nights between December 26th and 28th, different sets of U.S. Air Force personnel stationed at the RAF Woodbridge base, which reportedly housed nuclear warheads, witnessed bright orange, red, blue and white lights in the sky. That sent out to further investigate, one serviceman on patrol reported a smooth, opaque black class craft on the forest floor covered in incomprehensible hieroglyphs. While on another night, a different team encountered an object the size of a basketball turned into a spaceship and they had a silent standoff of the object. Then had an encounter with what appeared to be a humanoid alien. The team, some of whom have since been diagnosed with PTSD, said the indentations in the ground, damaged to the forest, and abnormal radiation readings prove that these were not mass hallucinations. However, dr david clark research at sheffield hallam university once managed britain's national ufo site and archive says he has found a less far-fetched explanation it wasn't aliens at all courtesy of a special air service insider named frank who personally contacted the academic has spent the past three years trying to get to the bottom of the mystery which has been labelled Britain's own Roswell. According to the source, the route of the incident goes back to August 1980 when British SAS commandos made a practice landing inside the United States Air Force Base in a live exercise intended to challenge the American Allies, a rare but known practice during the Cold War. The British supposedly created several contraptions using the materials at hand such as remote-controlled kites, helium balloons, uncolored flares and launch them into the sky and so it goes on so david is this part of the conspiracy or do you think this is something that actually happened
2: i i don't think it did i think um, this is something that they're using to cover it up since it's getting so much publicity now and there's so much coming out about it i think this is some disinformation that's being sent out because i don't see that happening this is the first i've heard british commando's coming you know, making you know, entrance into into US bases just to test their security. I don't think they'd want to do that. They'd get shot, especially during the Cold War. And uh no, I don't I don't buy that at all. And and I don't and I don't see that happening. You know, the, these guys probably have better things to do back then. You know, the, the cold the, the cold well, Cold War was really getting pretty hot back in the eighties and and uh you know you really didn't want to go and, and test and test the US's Um, security especially on an air force base with nukes so no i don't i don't think it happened i think it's just disinformation being put out
0: i'm I'm more than happy to accept and i'm sure that there are military-minded people out there former servicemen both sides of the atlantic american and and british that could probably prove that such exercises were conducted i imagine people at a very high up level were aware of it and maybe they did do it to probe it you know, just check the defences. That's the best way to find out if your defences work. And I'm kind of satisfied with that. I'm not saying it's necessarily true, but I'm kind of satisfied that is a possibility. It's the fact that the story for, you know, 30-odd years has suddenly a guy who's unknown, he's given his name as Frank, he's come out of the woodwork, he hasn't given any credentials that he's actually in the SAS, which would be difficult to do to begin with, then says, we use remote-controlled kites, helium balloons, and coloured flares, launch them into the sky. And I know that when people are spooked... That you can imagine, and the power suggestion, all that kind of stuff. But I just don't think. That American soldiers would be duped into believing that these were aliens, because these people gave reports of uh, a rectangular—no, it was a triangular aircraft. It was on a tripod. The radiation readings—you've got the actual recordings of the night. And those those soldiers—they're scared. They, they are baffled by what they're seeing, and I—it just doesn't sit with me. And you know, the paper gave it two column inches, and that was it. And again, people talk about Rendlesham now, and they go, "Oh, I thought that was—I thought that was solved. It was the SAS." So what I did was, because I was really upset, I published the article to 40 groups, including MUFON and and groups like that, just to see what their reaction was. Mm -hmm. And it was about a 90% no. The feedback was outstanding with so many people. And we're not just talking about UFO UFO enthusiasts and people in tinfoil hats. We're talking about members of MUFON, members of the military, people who were here in the 80s from America, part of the USAF. They're saying that never happened. And it really annoys me because another part of UFOlogy has now just been put down the drain because of some guy somewhere spoke to another guy. Okay, tell you what, I'll go, I'll go and contact the university and say, you know, I've got proof that Stonehenge was built as an early date insight. Um, people used to go there and if they could fit through the little gaps then you could go out with the king and remain anonymous and they'll have to believe that so yeah that's my little rant over so me and you dave both believe that both mm-hmm. those stories both those explanations are not satisfactory
2: that's anyway. right I, I don't i don't buy that i think like it's a disinformation somebody just something really happened and they're just trying just to disprove it or lead you down some different path
0: And anybody out there, if you've got an opinion on this, you've got an idea, a theory, you've got an argument against us or them, get in touch, okay, because that's how we spread knowledge, that's how we learn. You get in touch with us, you tell us what you think, don't just write, oh, it's a load of rubbish, because I'm not going to listen to it, I'll probably block you, okay. But if you've got a solid argument, you've got some detail, maybe you're in the army. Maybe you were there around a time. Maybe you got a bit of insight into this. Maybe you've had an experience that was similar that you could prove that wasn't a UFO. It was something totally rational. Get in touch because we love that kind of stuff. Dave, moving on from aliens and UFOs, you've got a hell of a story. This is one of your favorites, isn't it? This is your favorite subject.
2: Now, this story, this uh, this story is about a Bigfoot and possibly a ghost, and it starts off with Mum snaps Bigfoot figure in Irish forest, but others say it could be the ghost of a passenger killed in a plane crash. A was spooked out when her dogs alerted her to the outline of a furry creature, many believed his Bigfoot, while strolling through a haunted forest. Now, Maxine Caulfield said her mutts used their sixth sense to seek out the creepy figure among the trees as they walked through... I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce it. I
0: can't pronounce it either. I just say County Antrim.
2: As they walked through County Antrim, Northern Ireland, rumored to be haunted by a fatal plane crash. Now, spooky tales have been told about this location since October 1942 when a U.S. Air Force B-17 Flying Fortress bomber crashed into the mountains there, killing eight of the ten crew on board. But after showing others these photos she'd taken of the suspicious shadow, people... Begin to liken it, its face to Bigfoot, a hairy creature said to inhabit forests in the in American folklore, rather than a ghost of a plane passenger. Now, Maxine, 49, 49 years old, said, I haven't got a clue what it is, but I saw it. It really freaked me out. It's not like anything I've ever seen before. And the dog's normally full of energy and never stop running. But when we went through that part of the forest, they just stopped still, and stared in the same direction. It was as if they knew something was there. I couldn't see anything at the time, but when I got home and showed people the pictures, it was spooky. If You look at the pictures and, and you go on the Paranormal Chronicles website and, and you see the pictures that this lady took. It could be pretty much anything. You could say it's a Bigfoot, you can say it's a ghost. Uh, I think it's a stump covered with moss. <laughs> to tell you the truth and i and i think it was probably just a product of her imagination um you know i i haven't heard about any any ghosts from a b-17 crash or anything like that and and i haven't yeah you know, and, and i and i do a lot of bigfoot research and i this is the first time i've heard of an irish bigfoot in in that part of northern ireland so i and looking at the picture and looking at the thousands of Bigfoot pictures and hoaxes and things that I've seen, to me, it looks like a stump covered with moss.
0: If it was a stump covered in moss, then she's hoaxed this story because the stump would still be there.
2: This probably is. Yeah. You know, I'm looking right at it. It's a stump. Or it's a stump or a tree stump or covered part of a tree. Covered in moss and snow. It's covered with moss and some sort of other foliage. I'm on your side.
0: I'm on your side. I, lo- I love this story. You know, you're coupling Bigfoot with ghosts. You've got, like, a really good story of a plane crash. You've got in, like, the ancient Irish woods. You've got it in winter. You've got a dog involved. You've got all these great things, right? But ultimately, when you look at the picture, it's a, it's a piece of wood with yes. moss on it, right? And I imagine if anybody went back there and got the exact same spot where the photo was taken, you could replicate that picture.
2: I reckon. I reckon. Yep, I think so. It, it was a big year
0: for Bigfoot. You know, we had the man who claimed he had Bigfoot's head in a fridge. We had to go, you got the hunter who shot at a man thinking he was Bigfoot. I have no idea what happened there. Were you like, oh my God, that giant hairy beast? That's got to be a guy, right? Uh, we got a Bigfoot signed by a woman in Kentucky who claimed yeah. Bigfoot attacked a car. We had a woman who claimed Bigfoot slept with her. We had a man who claimed to have recorded Bigfoot's roar. And then there's the amazing story then. There was a little video that was up there on the Paranormal Chronicle somewhere. Those Russian guys that chased after a Bigfoot in a car, try to run it over, and then they chased after him on foot in the snow. So why do you think? Because it's not just America; it's big in America, but it's across the world. You've got, you, you've got the, you know, you've got the Yeti, you've got the Yowie. Pretty much every culture, every culture. A friend of mine said there is no Bigfoots in the UK, and I was like, you'd be, you'd be surprised. There's loads. There's hundreds, dozens of, of sightings of, of Bigfoot all the way up into Cambridgeshire down here in West Wales. I don't know if Pembrokeshire's got a If anyone has seen a Pembrokeshire Bigfoot, like a real one, not just like a big hairy guy, let us know because I'd be very interested to find out. But Dave, why do you think we are so enamored with the myth of Bigfoot? What is so appealing about this mysterious creature?
2: Well, it's it's the unknown and it's something that uh, people have been speaking about for years. Uh, it's it's kind of like it teases you, you know, you see the the footprints, you have the blurry images, you have the reported sightings, and then you have the anecdotal evidence, and it's and it's all just like a big tease. It's almost like you almost have them, you almost have the evidence, but it's but it's just not there, just out of out of arm's reach. Proof is just out of arm's reach every time, and I think that's what captivates people about it. And it's so old, and it's just it's just it's just an enthralling story.
0: In the Paranormal Chronicles magazine, which you go to the ParanormalChronicles.com, go to magazine. It's a free e-magazine. It's electronic. There's no subscription, no sign up, nothing. You just read it. It's a flip book like you get on Kindle, okay? And it's 125 pages of paranormal goodness from some of the best writers in the world, including your very own cousin who wrote uh, uh, an article on Bigfoot. And there's plenty about the, the haunted horror of Hafford West. There's some uh, Pembrokeshire stuff in it. But one of the articles I really, really enjoyed, okay, was written by a guy who's got a book coming out next year about bigfoot and he said that bigfoot was an alien probe and that's why it could disappear that's why it acted it was very human but it could disappear it was actually a human it was it was actually an alien probe sent here to monitor us how do you feel about that
2: I think that uh, he saw the same episode of the Six Million Dollar Man back in the seventies with Andre yeah, the Giant. Andre the Giant. Yes, <laughs> I think that's that's what. Yes, because that's what it was. It was an alien probe, and uh, it was Andre the Giant playing Bigfoot, and this thing was sent down by these very advanced aliens to to monitor us and gather information. And that's that's what the uh, that episode was about. Two part episode, might I add, and um, I think that's where maybe he got that. That story. It was I a don't, horrendous I don't, I don't buy
0: costume, it. on the I don't giant. Buy it. In yeah, big terrible brown mm-hmm. onesie with gravy all over his face and a big wig. I didn't even know it was a wig because he had big curly hair anyway, but a big beard.
2: Yeah, yeah. He looked horrendous. Yeah. It was it was just terrible. Most funny episode. What the heck? I I, was, I think I think the Bigfoot can take six million dollar man any day. You know, sorry, sorry to Lee Majors, but that's just my take on it.
0: One day, hopefully. That battle will happen. It'll be. It'll be. It'll be a WrestleMania, right? Yeah. You had because we because we've only got limited time. Uh, we kind of chose a little bit more because Claire wasn't here, right? But you kind of you were very much on. You were very close to discussing another topic, okay? And I said we've got a little bit of time because I said I'll cut a little bit off mine, okay? And that was to do with a demon cat. What was the story about the demon cat, Dave?
2: Yes, this demon cat is supposedly haunting the the US Capitol building and it appears to people uh, a lot of times it appears to the security guards the night shift security guards at night and supposedly once they see it they uh, they become ill or it's harbinger uh, death or, or what have you and this this cat has been seen for for a couple of generations now the Capitol is very old it was built in the, built in the 1860s, 1850s and what what I remember after reading that story, I remember as a, as a kid I guess I was in the 4th grade I was 10 11 years old our teacher uh, was talking about the capitol building and when they built it and she mentioned that when they were building it and shortly after it was built that the place was riddled with cats it was full of cats cats just seemed to to go in there and and just take up take up room you know find little cubby holes have their babies the place was just lousy with cats back in the 1800s uh, early 1900s and it wasn't until maybe around the early nineteen hundreds they finally got were able to get rid of the cat infestation so to me that's that's where you see the the footprints in the concrete when they were laying the concrete because there was cats everywhere it was stray cats and and that's that's what really stuck out in that story. Then, well, I know what that is. I remember the teacher told me when I was a little kid what it was, but the the story goes on to say that that it could be the imagination of these uh the security guards who would get drunk and supposedly see things and supposedly after you see this cat you're sick for a few days so that's how they uh they get drunk till their boss they saw the cat and were able to get a couple of days off to sleep it off and then go back to work so that's i thought that was pretty I funny
0: believe that i yes somebody would rang when i was running my call center somebody would called me up and said oh can't come into work today, boss. Why is that? Oh, I saw the demon cat. I'd yeah. be like, I'll see you in 20 minutes or so you're sacked. <laughs> that, that, that would be very, you know, I'm, you know I worked in Ammonford and there was, some, there, was, there was some interesting people up there. So who knows? Um, I like the idea of the demon cat. I like the idea of haunted animals. Like, you know, I love animals you know and you know not sharks or something i wouldn't want to stroke that but i mean like your domesticated animals cats and dogs they're Mm -hmm. very loyal and they're very much a fixture in our life they're like family and the idea of haunted pets is is quite nice it's quite reassuring there's one here in hanford west up by Hale granger which is a black-headed dog and then not as nice there's the Devil Hound of Landmill, which is just mm-hmm. on the outside, on the outskirts of Narbuth. And there's a large black dog with red glowing eyes. And that worries, you know, other pedestrians and a guy on a moped and some people on a horse. And I love that. And I, the, the Devil Hound of Narbuth is probably the third most prolific report I get from members of the public in Pembrokeshire saying that they've seen that the devil hound big dog with red eyes and i think like the, the the phantom hitchhikers and whatnot i think that's just a standard part of urban mythology you know everyone's got like a devil hound or they've got a, a white lady or they've got a phantom hitchhiker and i think it's just in, 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 ingrained into our society we'll have to do a show david one day on ghosts of the white house and things of that nature and what us presidents have seen ufos i think being an american you could really give us a lot of insight into that
2: yeah it's been it's interesting that we have had a couple of presidents who've reported ufos uh jimmy carter reported one and ronald reagan did when he was government governor of uh, california
0: oh dave i want to talk about now we have time tonight but we will definitely do that show but
2: but i must add you know what i i love cats i do but I can't eat a whole one.
0: Oh, Dave. Oh, my God. Pembrokeshire, they're animal lovers. They, they're going to come <laughs> to El Paso now.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're and for those of you who don't, don't love cats, you know, you obviously haven't had one prepared correctly.
0: Oh, David, you got to stop with this. You grow, you grow your own chilies. I've never seen such gigantic beasts.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. you got to come down to Texas and see some gigantic beasts.
0: You've got to come to Wales. Perhaps. Is it as cold as it is here? With you?
2: Um, well, it's cold, but, you know, you you guys, I guess, are more humid, so it probably feels colder. It's a dry cold here. Um, you get the winds just blowing, and, you know, they can hurt. They hurt. It's cold. So, the yes, day before yesterday, gosh, it was tremendous. We had some really, really strong winds, and the, the temperature was, I, I don't know what it is in in, uh, in Celsius, but I guess Fahrenheit is about 40 degrees outside, and the wind chill was like 20
0: Probably about this zero about, here. It's about zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So it, was, right. it, it got pretty cold. And then yesterday, we are running around in T-shirts and shorts.
0: Eating so. chilies, hating cats. What evil people you are. I'm yes. for my last story, right? What I'm going to do is it's not a cheat. But what I'm going to do is I want to talk about the excellent paranormal year we had right here in Pembrokeshire. I came back home to Pembrokeshire in around September and I was just had a mountain of reports to go through. We had sighting of a ghost monk at Priory Ruins and I actually took a picture of a solid being... Which, to be honest, is probably just another person. It's just unusual at two in the morning if you see anybody out in a place that is reputedly haunted. If you see another person out in the mist, you're going to think it's a ghost. And there were some very interesting formations where the the mist kind of bunched and grouped together. And with pareidolia, with suggestion, you can kind of see that you you could make out the figure of a, a monk. And that was very interesting. And then we had lots of monk sightings on Union Hill and on the parade in Hanford West as well, which is great. We had loads of really good paranormal investigation teams from all over Wales, from South Wales, from right here in Pembrokeshire, from Kerry Digion, all coming down to investigate things like the Man and the Monk. Then I had a series of pictures of ghosts in windows. I had about two or three pictures of ghosts of, in Halford West, of ghosts appearing in windows. One of them, you were like, was in a reflection. And of course, for me personally, was the, the reception, my book, Haunted Horror of Haverford West got. And at the book signing at the amazing Victoria Bookshop we sold out on the day, I was just so humbled by the response we got. I got to talk to a lot of people. At the beginning, it was a big queue of people. So it, I didn't get a chance to talk to everyone. But the amount of people who had the ghost story or experience or UFO sighting or cryptid. And it made me really realize how what vitality we have in Pembrokeshire for the paranormal. I would love for Pembrokeshire to become a paranormal hub where we have our own uh, conventions, we have our own expos, because we've really embraced it. I was a bit worried about Haunted Horror of Halford West, thinking that people might go, you know, I'm not another ghost story, but they really, really embraced it. It Terrified the life out of them. I'm excited to spend a whole year back in Pembrokeshire and just see what the people out there. We've got Steve Parson's show, which was on just before us, right? He's been going since April last year. Fantastic knowledge, right? We've got more and more paranormal groups coming through. We've got more and more psychic mediums coming through. We've got more and more UFO groups. And it's just a very, very, very exciting time. Now, if you're listening, and you haven't heard of all these ghost stories, you haven't seen these photos of ghosts and windows and UFO reports, go to the paranormalchronicles.com and it's all in there. There's a little search bar, you can just go through article by article, or just get in touch with me through the Paranormal Chronicles and I will send you a link to anything that you're interested in. But I, what I want to know is, Dave, which is more haunted, do you reckon? Pembrokeshire or El Paso?
2: I'm, that's a toss up there. Uh, Pembrokeshire, of course, has, has a much. Older history than El Paso. El Paso has a history quite a bit, about 500 years, four or 500 years. And we do have a lot of ghosts and a lot of oddities that go on here. We do have a lot of witchcraft that happens here. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of Satanism that happens here. But uh, I think it's a toss up. I think both.
0: What we'll do is one day. You come to Pembrokeshire, I'll introduce you to the amazing Pembrokeshire people, right? And you can come around with us and then maybe uh, like arrange a little tour of like Pembrokeshire paranormal enthusiasts and investigators we will come to El Paso and you can show us around El Paso because I know you've got some really good ghost stories there which you're going to feature in your new book.
2: Yes absolutely that sounds like sounds like a plan to me.
0: It sounds absolutely amazing David. Right what we shall do is because normally the Paranormal Chronicles year in review goes for about an hour and a half Two hours. I think what we should do is is when Claire's better, we'll do a follow-up show in a couple of weeks and we'll look at some of the other stories that maybe we didn't get a chance to have a look at. Would you be up for that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, Come in.
0: Yeah, I'd love that, David. And also, I would like to invite you back whenever you want, because I want to introduce the people of Pembrokeshire to your theories and your research and knowledge on ancient civilizations. It will blow their minds. Would you be up for that, David?
2: absolutely yeah. well, thank you i do appreciate that opportunity
0: well oh, triple d it's a pleasure a good friend of mine sir and you are featured on the back of my book it actually says dave dominguez on the back of haunted horror of hafford west
2: well thank you very much gabby it's a, it's an honor to be mentioned in your book at all it's, it's a wonderful wonderful book and i recommend it to everyone oh, um just everyone just uh i had to read it during the day
0: yeah what i like is is when skeptics come up to me and they're like i don't believe it's true but you scared the life out of me
2: well, it's it's that it just makes you think. it's it's a it's a thinking man's book, I think. or woman or woman, yes, thinking a thinking person's book. it's uh, it's not your normal slasher you know scary book. it's it, it it really puts it out there. It really makes you think and it stays with you.
0: Well, when you come back on, what we shall do is to celebrate the fact that you with your velveteen beautiful voice, triple D, what we will do is when you come back on the show to celebrate your return, we will give a signed copy of Haunted Horror of Hafford West to one lucky listener. How's that?
2: That sounds great.
0: Brilliant. Right, Absolutely. David, thank you very much. My love to your family, sir, and we shall have you back on the show soon.
2: Thank you, Gabby, and good night, everyone, and thanks for listening.
0: Happy New Year to you, my friend. Take care.
2: Happy New Year. And here we are, a few
0: moments away from the witching hour. It is nearly midnight in the Shire, a time to say goodbye to today and prepare for a new dawn of possibilities tomorrow. What will you dream of, what will watch you while you sleep, what will walk unseen through your home, what will silently pass through the sky as we slumber, and what beasts lurk in the fields and hills of our sleeping county of Pembrokeshire. Thank you to Pure West Radio, to Toby, to the followers of the Paranormal Chronicles, to Triple D, the devilish Dave Dominguez, to everyone that stayed up to listen. Head to theparanormalchronicles.com forward slash radio so you never miss a show. Listen in every Thursday, 11 till midnight. This has been the Paranormal Chronicles radio show. I am J.L. Davis, author of Haunted Horror of Haverford West. Till next time, sleep well.
1: For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, 24 hours a day. Pure West Radio. See the action live from our studios in Haverford West at purewestradio.com and on our Facebook page, Pure West Radio. Can't you see?